This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Magid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. From the transmission of the lamp. After nine years had passed, the master Bodhidharma wished to return to the western land of India. He said to his disciples, The time has come for me to go back home. I want each of you to show your understanding. One disciple, Dao Fu, answered, According to what I understand, the function of the Tao cannot be grasped through literal knowledge, nor is it apart from literal knowledge. The master remarked, You have gained my skin. A nun, Sung Chi, said, What I understand now is like Ananda's glimpse of the realm of Aksobhaya Buddha. It may be seen in oneness, but never in duality. The master said, you have gained my flesh. Tao Yu said, The four great elements are originally empty. The five aggregates do not exist. And in my comprehension, there is not a single thing to be found. The Master declared, You have gained my bone. Finally, Hui Ko bowed and remained standing at his seat. The master said, You have gained my marrow. Looking at Hui Ko, the master told him, In days gone by, the Tathagata handed on to Mahakasyapa the true Dharma eye. Through the patriarchs from one to another, it then came into my hands. Now I am giving it to you, and you must take good care of it. Besides this, I will give you my yellow robe, which shall be the testimony of faith in the Dharma. Each has a significance you should know. Huiko said, Will you please reveal to me the significance? The Master said, By carrying the Dharma seal, you will be inwardly in accord with the approved mind, and the keeping of the robe will fix the outer spiritual message. In later generations, when mutual trust is slight and doubts arise, people may say, He was a man of India, and you're a son of this land. How could the Dharma be transmitted? What proof is there? Now that you're receiving the robe and the Dharma, they can be produced as proof, and the activity of the message will be freed from obstacles. So this day is one in which we reflect on the notion of transmission, and tradition, and community, what it means to belong, what it means to pass along. 
my teacher Joko Beck in her later years felt that her one true teacher was Soa Nakagawa Roshi and she felt it was his insight and his power that she possessed and hoped to transmit I had only one opportunity myself to uh, see Selen Roshi he came gave a talk I guess it was in the early 80s at um, the New York Zen Study Society and his English wasn't very good and I was pretty much a novice and sitting way far in the back so I didn't see very well or hear very well and I really remember only one thing that he said he asked the audience what's more important sitting or shitting <laughs> and he said shitting much more important you can live without sitting you can't live without shitting Joko considered him the greatest master of the century and this is what I got <laughs> but in keeping with the chord of this story of Bodhidharma and his disciples I can well imagine Soen Roshi saying to one of his Dharma heirs you have attained my asshole and uh, meaning it is high praise the story of Bodhidharma and the four disciples there attaining skin flesh bone and marrow is one picture of transmission or continuity and the scroll we have hanging there uh, reflects another side uh, the scroll is by a Rinzai teacher uh, Daryu in the uh, lineage of Nantembo and in that scroll uh, we have a picture of uh, monks that are uh, out on a uh, begging pilgrimage all dressed alike all going marching through the streets asking for alms the picture we have there is of them all blending together uh, maybe with little differences but seemingly indistinguishable stretching out into a long line that goes off into the distance as far as you can see and Darius teacher Nantembo used to paint scrolls very much like this one the same image of uh, monks in a row and Dario continued in that tradition and painted scrolls very much like his masters and it's one picture we have of transmission is that we continue what has been handed down to us and it's one aspect of the experience of Sangha and of Sashin that we all blend together 
in a way where we lose our individual identity and there's just the sashim that's one aspect of practice in which we use form to dissolve our sense of separateness our separate sense of who we are, what we want, what we like, what we dislike, how we think it should go all our opinions and judgments see in that model we just get into line it's like we get on the escalator and we just let it carry us the picture we have though of Bodhidharma uh, and his disciples presents a different side each one gives an answer that even though they sound somewhat esoteric uh, is in accord with Bodhidharma's teachings of trans the transmission of the Dharma outside the literal meaning of the words or scriptures to be found in non-duality in emptiness and ultimately in silence not knowing but he says to each of them that they have attained a different aspect of who he is and what he is transmitting and one reading of that story says that the first one who attains the skin has superficial understanding and that progressively that reflects deeper and deeper understanding until Huiko who stands silent attains the marrow and this is the deeest understanding and this is why he's the he's given the robe and is the second patriarch but Dogen has a famous commentary on this case in which he says it's a mistake to think that any one understanding is deeper than the other the master approves of them all and they each are functioning in their own way to fulfill the Dharma and if you think of the image of them all representing a part of the body you can see that no one part of the body can stand or function alone and if you ask what's the most important part of the body well you can make a case for the brain or the, the heart but a naked brain lying on the ground does not live and does no one any good all the parts of the body function, live only because they are connected to one another and each part fulfills its role and the functioning is through the whole body not through any one part in the end Hui Ko receives the robe because he's going to fulfill a particular function it, it may be that 
there is a premonition that his particular teaching will be the one that can be carried on in future generations. Although the whole idea of a continual lineage is largely a fabrication of a Chinese preoccupation with lineage taken over by the Japanese. And, you know, it's possible that it's, you know, Hui Ko's descendants writing the story. <laughs> His line died out and the Dharma was transmitted primarily through the nun, the order of nuns of the second uh, successor there. They, you know, the story might have been told differently. Now I want to use that story to say something about the nature of the ceremony we held this morning. Because each person receiving Denkai in this new Rakasu is performing a different function. I anticipate we'll go off and perform different functions in the world as they begin to teach or one way or another serve the Dharma in their own way. As this practice and this training comes out of monastic settings, uh, how we're training uh, the next generation and what teaching means is undergoing a lot of changes and we have less and less the model of that scroll where one identical generation follows the next and a great deal more diversity uh, in the forms that teaching takes and practice takes Now the ceremony we did this morning I called Denkai and that in itself is complicated and I need to give you a little history about it which is a little technical. Some of you may want to go to sleep now. <laughs> See In a traditional Soto lineage of which Joko separated herself and decided she did not want to be part of anymore uh, when she went out and founded the Ordinary Mind School she basically cut herself off from the formal lineage of uh, her transmission teacher Maizumi Roshi and said she was going to establish her own standards and her own way of doing things. So um, she had in her Sangha a number of people who had been ordained as priests by Maizumi and who had been trained in that style by him and eventually became her successors and carried forward some of that way of doing things 
Uh, her first successors, uh, first successor, Ella Hughes Smith in particular, was a attendant to my Zoomy, was, was Larry Christensen at different times, and they they were ordained and have a full set of robes and continue to think of themselves as priests having received an ordination from Izumi. Joko had none of that in San Diego. Uh, there were no robes uh, and there was no division of function or service position according to whether you are ordained or lay or anything like that. You never heard a word about it. took me years before I realized that you know only priests are supposed to go up to the offer, altar to offer incense. Right? She never gave jukai, she never ordained anyone. Uh, you could say she never taught, I never heard her talk about the precepts per se except in another sense all she did was talk about the precepts because the precepts are how does practice engage our conduct in everyday life and that was all she wanted to talk about but she didn't call it the precepts her idea of a dharma transmission ceremony uh, was um, somewhat uh, simplified from what we've done before uh, it consisted of her um, sitting on the sofa with me one day and saying alright you've got it <laughs> I decided I would do something a little more elaborate just for fun but also to in some way reconnect us to our Soto traditional roots and not allow it uh, to seem that Zen was invented in Southern California you know I want us to have much more grounding in many of the traditional texts that her her students her original students because they came from LA and were trained by Maizumi knew very well and she could take for granted uh, a lot of them had already completed koan study with Maizumi when they left and went to study with her. She then never talked about koans ever, right? But they had already had that background and to some extent she could presume on it. And I have tried to give my students some familiarity of koan study even though we don't practice formally in that lineage but like a lot of people around her the San Diego Zendo was filled with people who had came, come from other teachers in other places and had all different backgrounds she was my third teacher right? I had originally begun with Edo Shimano uh, who Soa Nakagawa and his wisdom had given transmission to and then Bernie Glassman with whom I had done uh, some Cohen study and then I studied with Joko but to return to this ceremony uh, to the extent that I have tried to reestablish some connection and familiarity with 
Soto tradition, uh, we bump up against a, um, a little problem. And that is that uh, in strict Soto terms, a lay teacher is an oxymoron. Uh, there really is no such thing uh, in, the, in the, the formal Japanese Soto line. Ordination is always part of teacher training. Now, in recent years, there's been, as more and more people have been trained in lay life, and fewer and fewer people are living uh, just monastic or residential lives. Uh, the whole notion of what was a priest and what was a layman was starting to blur because many people who are ordained as priests were married, had families, had outside jobs. Uh, all of Joko's Dharma successors who were ordained by Maizumi are uh, people who are married and families and have day jobs. They're not people who are uh, support, living solely the life of a priest in a temple supported by a community. So what it meant to be a priest was getting uh, fuzzier and fuzzier. And the teaching responsibility uh, far overshadowed their ritual responsibility. Now, Denkai in this Soto model, traditional model, is full priest ordination and it uh, comes with the uh, authority to, give ju to teach and give Jukai, to, to transmit the precepts. What you can, tr when, you've, when you've received Denkai, what you are permitted to transmit is the precepts, is to give Jukai. Right? which is that first level of ord lay ordination or some, for some people it's a ceremony in which they become a Buddhist. Now, by calling this ceremony Denkai, what I wanted to do is to assert that within a lineage like ours where there are no priests and are not going to be any priests uh, the, all the functions that were taken by priests are being distributed in different ways among members of a lay community including performing weddings give, uh, giving, and giving the precepts and going out into the world and doing the kinds of teaching that we sometimes associate with a priest doing in the community, like going into prisons, going into a hospice or a hospital, uh, teaching in schools, right? doing all sorts of teaching and outreach, spreading the Dharma through that kind of uh, teaching. That can take any shape uh, except one what is not authorized at this level of Denkai is the training and transmission to another generation of teachers. Only
only Pat George has received that from me. She has received the full uh, transmission. And when we had the ceremony for her a couple years back, Denkai, we did everything in one day. And Denkai was a ceremony performed in the morning. And then in the evening we did a Denbo ceremony, which is the full Dharma transmission ceremony. Plus there's a lot of um, private ritual associated with that. Uh, there are also in traditional transmission formal documents, papers, that you get your papers, right? And in uh, priest, the priest transmission of Denkai, uh, you can get a first set of lineage papers as uh, a certificate. Uh, and then when you get final full Dharma transmission, there are more papers you get. However, at this, uh, I have decided that uh, the sole uh, evidence of this Denkai transmission for these three will be, as it says in the uh, story here, the robe itself, which I have inscribed uh, for them. Uh, the whole notion of getting transmission papers gets a little complicated and some people have gotten different kinds of sets of papers and there's some question about I, I, and I don't want anybody to go out and sort of saying, well I've got these papers uh, so that should be enough right um, there would be some uh, question then of one of these three sort of going off on their own saying, you see I've got these papers from Madrid and I got this transmission ceremony, I'm a full Zen master now and I'm on my own, I'm going to do anything I want. So not giving papers is a little put, supposed to put a little break to that. Uh, and you're all witness to what they're getting and what they're not getting. <laughs> It's a complicated business trying to integrate ourselves into a, a long tradition that uh, is itself undergoing a lot of change and a lot of stress in the process of the change. Uh, I modeled this, some of this ceremony and the use of these roxos, these green roxos, out of a lay entrustment ceremony that now takes place at the uh, San Francisco uh, Zen Center. Uh, there they have finally given a full teaching transmission to a lay person uh, but she can't give the precepts but she can teach. It's complicated. One of the things that have come out of that in the last few years is that uh, I helped establish something that's called the Lay Zen Teachers Association and we're meeting for the third time this year trying to sort out all these different forms of teaching and levels of authorization and bring them out uh, from under the auspices of uh, the Soto Shu and uh, which is the Japanese Vatican Soto Vatican you know to, that has the, the rules inscribed and the American version which is called the uh, Soto Zen Buddhist Association with, which is now essentially a uh, Soto priest guild, tr 
trying to define the appropriate rules for priestly and monastic training and transmission. Uh, it's very complicated. <laughs> uh, so in some ways in which some of you will be interested and in some of you not at all, we are both here doing this kind of ceremony trying to engage with a long-standing tradition and at the same time separating ourselves from it and making it new uh, in ways that uh, are an ongoing experiment. So I said the other day, in many ways what I'm most interested now is in what other people are going to do next, how this will take shape in another generation. Uh, it's interesting that all the people I have given transmission to uh, at both levels have had uh, years of residential training. I did not have that. Uh, I went out and did lots of sessions uh, with Joko, but I've always practiced entirely uh, just like this, coming to sessions as long, you know, as often as I could for many, many years. Basically, I always thought that was going to be my model for doing things. Then Claire came along and all of a sudden I had a resident student, for, which I never expected to have. Uh, so that um, in some ways like Joko, I have uh, benefited from the long complicated life histories of the students who have showed up at my Zendo. They've had lots of different kinds of training before they got to me and uh, so I can coast a little. <laughs> but um, I don't know how that's going to play out next. Uh, these three are not yet in a position to train new teachers but they're in a position to go out there and teach in lots of other ways in which they, they will find their own path. Uh, whether future generations of teachers will come out of residential programs or be more like me and just come out of uh, lots of sessions. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we, we're we're going to see. But at this point I am uh, simply happy to have arrived at this place, to have had a chance to work with uh, such good students as these and as all of you. I'm very um, happy at the way this session has come together this week uh, and the way we've been able to include a, quite a number of you who are not uh, regular members of our Sangha. I think you've all fit in very seamlessly and uh, We've practiced together very well. I'm, I'm grateful for that. This will be uh, my last Dharma talk uh, for the week. Uh, tomorrow you will he get three talks for the price of one. Uh, morning, afternoon, and evening we will give uh, each of the new teachers uh, a chance to, uh, uh, to speak to you. Thank you all for your effort.